Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 142. We are now in the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So, uh, before we begin, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share to the podcast. It would be a great help. So... Uh, Let's begin with the opening prayer, uh, the act of contrition, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so now we are in the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Uh, I don't know how everyone is dealing with the uh, dog days of summer. I don't like humidity. Uh, I prefer dry, hot weather. And I much prefer cooler evenings, just like uh, you sometimes experience in the Middle East. Um, Humidity is not my... uh, just definitely not for me. Okay, so let's begin the first reading. All right, first reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. I will gather the the remnant of my flock and appoint a shepherd for them. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 1 and 6. 1 to 6. Woe to the shepherd who misled and scattered the flock of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the shepherds who shepherd my people, you have scattered my sheep and driven them away. You have not cared for them, but I will take care to punish your evil deeds. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them and bring them back to their to their meadow there they shall increase and multiply i will appoint shepherds for them who will shepherd them so that they need no longer fear and tremble 
and none shall be missing, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. As king, he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they gave him, the Lord our justice. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, let's read it one more time. Woe to the shepherds who misled and scattered the flock of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, against the shepherds whom shepherd my people. You have scattered my sheep and driven them away. You have not cared for them, but I will take care to punish your evil deeds. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them and bring them back to their meadow. There they shall increase and multiply. I will appoint shepherds for them who will shepherd them so that they need no longer fear and tremble and none shall be missing, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David. As king he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name that they give him, the Lord our justice. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the psalm, the response to the psalm is Psalm 23. And the response is, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gave, gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my, at my side. With your rod and your staff, they give, they give me courage. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd, and there is nothing I shall want. Second reading is from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 13 to 18. Christ is our peace, who made, who made both one. In Christ, you who once were far off have become near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, he who made both one and broke down the dividing wall of enmity through his flesh, abolishing the law with his commandments and legal claims, that he might create in himself one new person in place of the two, thus establishing peace and might reconcile both with God in one body through the cross, putting that enmity to death by it. He came and preached peace to you who were far off, peace to those who were near, 
for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, one more time. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have become near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. He who made both one and broke down the dividing wall of enmity through his flesh abolishing the law with his commandments and legal claims, that he might create in himself one new person in place of two, thus establishing peace and might, uh, might reconcile both with God in one body through the cross, putting that enmity to death. By it he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Alleluia, alleluia. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 6, verse 30 to 34, they were like sheep without a shepherd. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark, chapter 6, verse 30 to 34. The apostles gathered with Jesus and reported all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great number, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving and many came to know about it. They, had, they hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at a place before them. When he disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. With the controversy that came out this weekend over the Pope's uh, ruling over the Latin Mass, the Moti Proprio, suddenly we have a reading that shows us that God doesn't joke and God doesn't uh, shy away from controversy. The first reading is from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. And it's about God's complaint over his shepherds. All right. 
Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore thus says the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who shepherd my people, you have scattered my sheep and driven them away. You have not cared for them, but I will take care to punish your evil deeds. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock from all the lands to which I have driven them and bring them back to their meadows, and they they shall increase and multiply and i will appoint a shepherd for them who will shepherd them so that 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 they they need no longer fear and tremble and none shall be miss, missing says the lord god and then it goes on behold the days are coming says the lord when i will rise up a righteous shoot to David. A king shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land of his of his days. Judah will be saved. Israel shall be shall, shall dwell in security. This is the name they gave him, the Lord our justice. Okay. What is happening here? Let's look at the historical context first. Okay. At that time. All right, Israel, uh, after King Solomon, after King Solomon's death, everything split up. The northern kingdom, and then you have the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom, which has the temple, and Jeremiah happens to be a priest. His family he comes from the line of Aaron, they're Levites. Uh, and they happen to be priests of the priestly clan. You know, you, know you, can, you can have many Levites, and some Levites, are, they don't have to necessarily be descendants of Aaron. But uh, Jeremiah's line is a descendant of Aaron. And unfortunately, Jeremiah, I mean, it, it fell to him to become a prophet, and God showed him the corruption that's going on both in the royal house as well as in the priestly clan there was a lot of corruption a lot of immorality and a lot of apostasy and God himself uh, wanted Jer Jeremiah to speak out against us and of course there's going to be a price it's going to be it's going to be very costly speaking out He's going to be ostracized. He's going to be abused. He's going to be picked on. But he didn't just prophesy about the apostasy, the, the immorality. He also prophesied of the coming of the Christ. A shoot shall come from, from uh, the line of David. And, and a new king shall govern wisely. Uh, you know, and then, and then eventually he will be a just, he will be the Lord our justice. He'll be, he'll belong to the people. He'll be a real king, but there's more to him. There's more to him because obviously he's also associated because he's also says here, I will, um, he says, I will appoint a shepherd for them who will shepherd them so that they need no longer fear. So he's not just going to be a king. He's going to be a shepherd. And a lot of times people miss that in the prophecy. Okay, so the setting we know, the historical setting is after Solomon. We, it, the, the, the rulers, the line of 
David has been uh, fallen into evil and sin. And then there's also the priesthood fell into that as well. And of course, um, the price that Jeremiah has to pay was he had to be picked a prophet to go out and govern them uh, to, I mean, uh, to speak out against the evil. And of course, that doesn't make him popular. And of course, how do we compare to today? Well, we see what's happening now with the, the Latin Mass. There's a lot of division in the Catholic Church. But this division um, didn't just happen. It happened because of, of, of bad leadership. Uh, it happened because, unfortunately, um, many of the leaders in the church decided to experiment. Okay, not all the leaders were bad. Yes, yes, there was a lot of experimentation. There was a lot of broken hearts. There was a lot of people within the, within the leadership who decided that they're going to take the church a different direction and when you experiment, when you tell people one thing, that the, that the faith is sacred, the faith comes from God. And then you decide to change the worship to, to revolutionize it. You're pretty much telling the people that their faith is not sacred. And, you know, I, I myself, I came into the faith in 1997. I was listening to Scott Hahn, and he came into the faith during the 1980s, the late, around the late 80s. And he saw all that, he saw all that experimentation. I was just probably, I was still a kid, and he saw all the experimentation going on in the church. He saw all the craziness, all the different different crazy things that were going on and it affected it made a lot of people angry um but at the same time what it did was it 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 drew the lines for a lot of people i think the latin mass is beautiful i didn't grow up with it i mean i came in and all i knew was the novus ordo but i have great deep respect for the Latin Mass. The only problem was, I think, is that, um, which my friend Henry explained to me, when Pope Benedict put out his edict to give the Latin Mass more freedom, it wasn't just the Latin Mass. The crowd that's very attached to the Latin Mass had to also acknowledge the Novus Ordo was a legit Mass. In other words, to say the, the Latin Mass, they also have to say the Novus Ordo. And from what I can get it is that if you're going to burn one end of the stick, you have to also burn the other end. And I think, I think that that made sense. That, in my opinion, was the opportunity for the Latin Mass crowd to take back the culture of the liturgy to really play a part in reforming the church, to fix the liturgical abuses, to get rid of the uh, 
rainbow masses to to get rid of the the liturgical dances to get rid of the clowns from the from the sanctuary the the ridiculous circus stuff all that that was an opportunity benedict was asked i think benedict was giving them an opportunity to really dive into the culture of the liturgy to reform the novus ordo with the same holiness that you that you put in into the Latin Mass to the Trinitine Mass, and I think that that was their opportunity. God, you know, God was asking you to do to to really bring back holiness, but they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Some people, I think, when they go to the Latin Mass, they go in there um, with an aesthetic attitude. What do I mean by that? They like the beauty of the mass. They like the beauty of the mass. They, they love the ceremony. They love the pump. They love the grandeur. And it's true. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I understand why a lot of people fall in love with it. But guess what? Aestheticism doesn't produce the fruit of faith. It doesn't produce the fruit of faith. It's substance, faith. The Mass, the purpose of the Mass is to bring people, especially the Trinity Mass, the Latin Mass, to bring people into faith, to bring people into to Christ. The beauty of the Mass is to serve God. Unfortunately, asceticism is just no different than someone who goes to a museum and admires a religious painting like the Nativity or the Last Supper or the Resurrection of Lazarus or the Transfiguration of Christ. The person loves the beauty the beauty of it. They love the way, like I said, asceticism is just admiring the beauty. But guess what? There is no faith. There is no faith. So there are a lot of people that love the Latin Mass. And I, I hate to say this, the beauty, the beauty of it alone, but not the substance of the faith. Not the real, the, the the real the real thing that God wants, and that's the problem. There is a lot of the Latin, Latin Mass people. It's just like, oh, I just love the chanting of the Gregorian chant. I love the uh, the, the 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 smells, the way the bells and the and the way the incense rise up. I love hearing the Latin. Oh yeah, well I love that too. I love it too. But guess what? You know it. That there was no there was no evangelization. I'm not saying everyone everyone who involved in Latin mass was like that. There just was no evangelization. There was people went there, and after the mass is over, they would just leave. 
You know, you nostalgia, like J.R. Tolkien says, is a wonderful thing. It can be useful, but it can also become pathological. It can become just pathological. In other words, beauty itself, artistic beauty itself alone is, is not going to do it. It's not going to do it. It's not going to, you're not going to save, you're not going to save the church like that. You know, okay, so fine, you have women who cover their heads and the people who go to the Latin Mass dress up. But if you, you, you know, a tree, just like a, 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 a fig tree that our Lord admired, it looked healthy, it appeared healthy, but it bore no fruit. They should have taken the opportunity to reform the ordinary, which is which is the, the Novus Ordo Mass. And their job was also to bring the, the faith of Christ, the beauty of Christ, the presence, because that's what the Latin Mass can definitely bring, the presence of Christ. But they could have brought that into the Novus Ordo and really change the church. And they missed that opportunity. And that was what Benedict XVI wanted. He wanted them to acknowledge that the ordinary is legit. Instead, they just simply nodded their head and passively ignored, and, you know, figured, let's just not say anything and we'll, we'll just take the Latin mass. And that's what happened. That's what happened, unfortunately. And you gave the devil, you gave the devil his, um, his opportunity. The devil wanted to sow division. And the Latin mass crowd, a lot of them, unfortunately, had shallow people. I'm not saying all of them. There's a lot of them that are sincere. But they did not, they were not savvy. They were not, you know, they, they were not, and they're still not. A lot of them are angry now. And I, I, I understand their anger. But you were supposed to, you, you were, Benedict wanted you to reform the, the Normus Ordo. He wanted you to bring that beauty and that faith into the Normus Ordo. In order for you to say, to keep the Latin Mass, yes, Benedict said you have to acknowledge acknowledge the validity and the real uh the, the validity and the um it, that the validity of the of the Norse Ordo and they missed that opportunity that's the false of the fault of the shepherds those priests and those bishops and I would blame it also on the deacons and the lay people you did it to yourselves you did it to yourselves. Sorry. You didn't take that opportunity. You didn't take that opportunity to evangelize. Read Benedict's letter. Read it. He wanted, just like John Paul II wanted the, the SSPX 
to enter the faith, they can say the Latin Mass, but they have to acknowledge, acknowledge the Novus Ordo. By acknowledging that it was it was a valid Mass, and by coming back into the faith, John Paul II, along with Ratzinger, wanted them to take advantage by acknowledging the validity of the Novus Ordo by participating in reforming the Novus Ordo to bring beauty back to the Novus Ordo, to bring the beauty, that love and passion that you have for the Latin Mass into the Novus Ordo. Just like... Look, hey, look, just like the Nazi the, the Nazis and the and the Marxists took advantage of the culture. That was that was the that was the the conservatives' opportunity to, to grab hold of the culture. You'd grab hold, you you go into the liturgy, the culture of the of the liturgy in order to to, to save it. You don't stand on the sidelines and just simply with like a little kid with your arms folded. You need to really participate. You can't just have your little tiny spot in the universe. Remember, it's like, remember that, that, that parable with the, with the talent he gave one talent to one, two talents to the other, and more to the other. And one of them decided just to bury it. And when he came back, the others came back with an investment. They brought back a talent extra. Well, guess what? In this case, this is just like the Trinitine Catholic. All right. You took one talent and you just decided to keep it to yourself. You didn't, you didn't bother to invest it, to, to go invest, to take your talent, to take the beauty that God gave you, the gift that God gave you, to go out and invest, to, to, to really change things. And instead of complaining about the Norris Odo, all the abuses, and there were many abuses. And if you read Francis's letter, a lot of them I noticed didn't want to read his letter. Taylor Marshall didn't want to read his letter. A lot of people in the Fatima Center didn't spend time looking into it. Even Timothy Gordon, I noticed, didn't do it. You have to read what he said in the letter. He acknowledged there was a, Francis acknowledged there were abuses in the Norvis Ordo. Abuses in the Norvis Ordo. Okay, and he was saddened that the bishops weren't doing anything about it, and he also saw that there were abuses in the in the Latin Mass because the Latin Mass at the same time was denouncing and not keep they were not they were not keeping their promises to Benedict, nor were they keeping their promises to John Paul. You see. That's what he wanted. John Paul wanted them to, 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 to acknowledge and also say the, the, to, to, to say and pray the ordinary as well as Benedict when he was Ratzinger and he became Benedict XVI. He gave, he gave you freedom 
not to have permission from your bishop. He gave you freedom. And yes, it's true, the bishops didn't keep their part. But the way you could have done it, the key was to acknowledge the Novus Ordo. And if you acknowledge Novus Ordo, you could have brought the beauty, the beauty. Yes, there would have been some, like, okay, maybe the bishops would not have agreed of you doing the Novus Ordo at Orientum. Right? But if you did, if you did do it at least one step closer holy, one step closer, at least very conservatively, maybe if in those parishes got filled up, there's a way to get around things, people. You could have done it. You could have done it. You know, sometimes with one arm turned on the back and you make a good impressive impression with the, with these bishops and they see the crowds coming into the parishes and, 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 and even though the crowds might be conservative, the bishop probably would have at least thought, well, at least they're bringing the crowds in. And then if the, if the, if you got the right lay people, the right lay people, who could have sweetened up the bishop, maybe even the good the those those Catholics with money, you know what I mean, you know, uh, supporting supporting all this. The bishop would have thought, okay, so these people are coming in. They got money, and and the idea of evangelization. Sometimes you gotta be a good salesman, people. I agree, it's not something I like. But you gotta be a good salesman. If you had worked together, maybe we could have changed the culture. Maybe we could have had more Latin masses. Maybe we could have had better uh, reverent uh, um, uh, ordinary masses. And maybe in time, once you win all that culture over, you could you could have corrected all the things of of Benini. You know the all the all the ridiculous Protestantization that came into the mass. That's all. That is all. A shepherd. Sometimes you gotta play. You gotta really play uh, softball in order to start playing hardball. You gotta do it. But instead, you guys decided to carve your own little holy corner by yourself and don't bother us and then guess what happened well you didn't play completely by the rules and now unfortunately you missed that opportunity I would have taken that opportunity I would have taken the opportunity to I would have said yes I acknowledge the validity of the ordinary Yes, your grace. Yes, your holiness. Yes, I do acknowledge it. And then I would have organized. I would have brought in the right lay people. I would have brought in uh, the right lay people to help to help us. We gotta say this in order to get to in order to keep this. That's not a problem. 
Let's really, really make good, ordinary masses. And let's really make them holy and we'll make them attractive that we can bring more people into the, into the, the Trinity Mass. You got, you got, you know, you, you had an opportunity and you missed it. Why? I don't know. That's, I, I totally, I totally agree on this one. I didn't realize it. My friend pointed it out to me and I realized, yeah, Taylor Marshall and all these other guys don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge that. Okay. They just don't want to acknowledge it. You shot your own, you shot yourselves in the foot on your own. Guys. All right. Let's just um, move on. Well, uh, we should pray um, for the unity within the church um, because there's a lot of division right now. The unity be. Um, the unity of all Catholics. Um, this is important because there's a lot of. I feel bad for the traditional Catholics, uh, the Latin Rite uh, Mass, because um, a lot of them are brokenhearted. So we should pray for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. We should pray for the bishops, um, that they may be open to the Holy Spirit, open, and um, that there may be charity, uh, love of other members in the in the the body of Christ. Um, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. We should also pray for good pastors, good men, priests, bishops, to teach the gospel with sincerity, that to be devoted to Christ and not to look for the love and approval of the world, that they abandon the world, turn their back on the world, on the empty promises of the devil, um, not looking for the glory of men, politicians, but look for only the approval of Christ. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. We should also pray for um, chastity, celibacy among the clergy, um, that they may be true to their vows, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. We should also pray for Pope Francis. Pray that his health, I know he uh, just had an operation, surgery. Pray for um, that, he, that he may be open to the wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit and 
that he may also be open to the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph and, and St. Peter and St. Paul, all the saints. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. We should also pray for the end of the division between um, tradition to Catholicism, the end between this Norris Ordo, an end between the traditional Latin Rite, and an end to... Um, and to all the division within the body of Christ, Catholic, Protestant, or uh, Eastern Rite Orthodox, pray for unity and full, complete unity in the body of Christ. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And also that there may stop being persecution within the church, persecution of good priests, and an end to immorals, immoral men in the priesthood. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. And for us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and, and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son, and with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.